Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. And our topic today is all about communication. You know, it's true, men and women are different, and we all know that. But one of the most infuriating facts is the fact that we have different communication styles. In fact, we have a different brain, so of course we look at the world in a different way. And, you know, there's top minds out there trying to decode the differences and figure out why we communicate differently. Just think about the prospect, men and women actually talking and understanding each other. This might, there might be the end of war, who knows, but let's not go too far. But, you know, we're making some headway. Today, uh, Claire Brown, Ph.D., and Audrey Nelson, Ph.D., have written a book, Code Switching, How to Talk, How to, talk to Men So They Listen. Now, this book helps to explain that women are reared to be relationship experts and men are raised to build and be more concrete. Women are raised to be nice and sweet and men are raised to be tough, rough, and competitive. So in the workplace, uh, we need to find ways of communicating and style. So how can women succeed in the workplace and men can listen to them and be understood? And today, we're going to talk about this. This smart, amazing woman is going to teach us how to talk to men so they listen. Dr. Claire Brown, she's a speaker, an educator, a consultant in diversity and equal opportunity employment. She is the founder of Damkin Brown Associates, and most importantly, she is the co-author of the groundbreaking book, Code Switching, How to Talk So Men Will Listen. Welcome, Claire. Thanks, Dr. Nancy. I appreciate you having me this morning. Thank, well, thank you. for we. I know we've had some techn, technical problems, so thank you so much for coming back. This is, this is a great book, and I, and I know I've asked you this question before, but I'm going to start again. You know, none of us do anything in this field, and I'm speaking personally for myself. We don't do what we do unless we've got a personal story and a reason why we really wrote the book. I wrote the book, Timeless Women Speak. You wrote the book, Code Switching. What is your personal background, your story as to why you're here today in this book? Well, I began my professional career actually working in a male-dominated environment at AT&T Bell Labs, and it was at the time when there were very few women at the same... What, what, what year was that? Because I think that really kind of tells us a lot. Well, that will also tell you my age. In the, <laughs> early, in, in the early 1980s. Okay. And it was, it was still a big deal sure. to have technical women on on the same job level as men in the work environment. Sure. And I noticed just a lot of differences in terms of how men and women were being treated. So at the time, I ended up going back to school and studying gender communication for my master's degree and also my Ph.D., just focusing on how men and women are perceived in terms of their communication in the workplace. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's uh, – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and that um, just continued through my work life, which was uh, oriented towards uh, equal opportunities. So I, I worked actually doing case investigations when employees thought they were being discriminated against in the workplace – and then I ended up managing the group of uh, case investigators, and my job focus just became more and more oriented towards establishing fairness and equity in the workplace. And I just especially, it, it 
kept coming back to how men and women communicate and how they're treated. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, there is no doubt that we are different. And again, you, we've I just described and you've talked about in your book the that men and women do have different brains and definitely different communication skills. But a lot of it, you know, again, you, you started working in the 80s and there were a few women in your particular field. Well, there were a few women in my field as well. I mean, I... I, t- I tended to be uh, one of one of few women in most of the arenas that I worked in throughout my career, and it definitely is. It leaves you really kind of befuddled at times when you're in a group talking, and the men are the men are listening to the men, but when I, when a woman speaks, sometimes sometimes her words are just literally they just kind of uh, kind of disappear as if they never even have, have occurred. And and so okay, let's talk about communication styles because I think. Again, I think women are confused. They, you know, again, we, we, a lot of women, the top, uh, the Fortune 500 companies, uh, they're leaving. They're going, they're saying, I, I can't do it, I can't work here. And they're going out and starting, uh, one of the fastest growing trends right now are, now are women owned yeah. businesses. But yeah, what, is, what is this style that really creates this barrier for women, especially in the workplace? Well, I, I think in the work environment, one of the barriers is just, the, the different styles men and women bring. Men are looking for the facts, who, what, where, when, so they can act on it, basically fix it and move on. I think you, sure. you said task-oriented. And women, the way they've been socialized and raised, it's more relationship-oriented. So they're in the workplace. They're wanting to collaborate, form connections, and uh, maintain those relations and some workplaces are not oriented towards the collaborating or um, working that closely together in yeah. terms of sharing ideas. Uh, so let's let's, let's give a couple examples. I can think of one right now because I'm, you know, I I actually had a meeting. Uh, I my background is also employee assistance program working in the workplace. So you know, you definitely get to see how how things work and, and managerial positions, especially the difference between men and women. But I remember going into this meeting and this woman, it was a woman, and she was the editor of, of the newspaper, and we were in the process of, of wanting to develop an EAP for the newspaper. And uh, I remember her just kind of walking out. She barely even uh, introduced herself or even made any eye contact or whatever, and she says, J- let's just do it. And, you know, and I, I still remember her, and I thought, you know, it, that's so. You know, that's just so different than a lot of women would come out and say, "Hi, my name's so and so. Nice to meet you." But she just came out, and she, you could tell she was in a hurry, and she just had so much time for us to talk to her that day. And she said, "Let's just do it." Now, that's not typical, is it? Uh, it's not typical, but that's what the code switching concept is all about. It's being able to switch between the male style and the female style of communication. Um, based on what that particular situation is in order to get your point across to the audience. So I wasn't there, but it sounds like <laughs> she was adopting a different style to well, get her point across. And and, and maybe that was her way that she had achieved the position in her workplaces by, again, you know, and I guess that's sometimes what I see women doing, and I don't know if that's uh, a mistake or not. They take on a really tough facade, and, well, you know. that's, the, that's the other danger is going too far. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes we say, you know, the the women are acting more like men than the men do in the workplace. Right, and, right. Or she's, know, or she, you know, unfortunately, the, I mean, the one I hear, what you, what you hear is she either is called the B word 
yeah. or she's really got a big set of those, you know, balls. You know, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, if if you if the woman goes too aggressive, or even is assertive, it can be perceived as the the B word because yeah. we're expecting just like you said, we're expecting the woman to come in and do all of that relational. Sure. Hi, how are you? It's so nice to see you, uh-huh. you know, et cetera. And when a woman comes in and presents herself in a different way, mm-hmm. uh, in a more assertive way or a more direct way, then it can be perceived, some people will perceive it as, you know, she's gone over, over the line. If a man comes in and does that same behavior, uh-huh. we all think he's great and he's a leader. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's a take, yeah. take charge person. Well, you know, I was so, I was a tomboy, so I grew up with boys and and girls kind of, you know, I didn't play with dolls, didn't want to play with dolls. So, so I think, you know, my style really was a little bit more direct and a little bit more assertive and and you know, I I have had trouble in my life. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, that that I I have been perceived as as, you know, being uh, too aggressive or too competitive, and I think that's a strange word, especially when we think about the workplace, because you know, I mean, it's it's competitive for women, it's competitive for men. In fact, competition is very, very healthy, and and that's that's kind of disturbing for I think for women to think in terms of how are they going to excel in the workplace. Well, it's it's how they will excel without acting like or being. A man, a man, or taking on the man's facade in order to excel. Okay. And I think it's it's being flexible. So that's what the code switching is all about. It's not just saying you have to act like a man to get ahead. And I think there was a time where, for women, that was their only option to get ahead was to basically assimilate with. The, the men in their environment and just start acting like like one of the guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 that way try to get that promotion yeah but we're suggesting and i think there's been so much research over the past several years that women women's skills are actually very valuable in the work environment that collaboration mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. being able to focus on on the person and the task brings a, a, a lot of bonuses to the yeah. work environment. I, I I know I mentioned this uh, study though. The study was the, the, you know, again it was USA Business Week. I don't even know which which one it was, but uh, they'd ask people who they would per, prefer to work for, a man or a woman, and you know, nine times out of ten they said they wanted to work for a man, but but again another study was uh, was made and they said who who makes you know who is a better boss. You know, someone that's already working for this particular person, and they said a woman because, again, you're as you said, she's a collaborator, she's a good communicator, and she's a team player. So, and and really good with details and really looking at the big picture. But you know, may, maybe again, what's important is as you said, we are we've been taught from the, from, and, and we're still being taught that way, as far as I can see, that young girls are still being taught to be sweet, pretty. You know, I mean, put the princess hat on and and uh, be nice and yeah. uh, you know, ta- dot your eyes and cross dolls. your t's. Pardon? Yeah, they they still have the Barbie dolls, so that they haven't gone away. They haven't gone yeah. away. Yeah. 
Well, you know, and I guess media and and society, uh, there still is this double edge for women. I I know that we both go back to a time in our lives that, uh, you know, I one of my goals with the Women Speak Project is really to give women a voice. And this is what you're doing also is really to help women find their voice and to use it effectively in the workplace. And I think that's, that has great value. Can you give us give me an example of a situation of someone that you've actually talked with uh, that was in a situation in the workplace that, that really was having difficulty, but by talking with her and maybe doing some co- coaching or mentoring, you were able to kind of help her? Well, I, I think uh, one situation that wasn't just partic- um, particular to this one person is just the the situation where um, being in a group meeting, the woman will raise an idea, and then like five minutes, it seems it seems to be somewhat ignored in the group, and then five or ten minutes later, a man in the group raises that same idea, and then everybody jumps on it and says you know, how wonderful this was and this is the greatest idea we've ever heard, you know, what what can we do next? You yeah. know, we need to get this going, mm-hmm. et cetera. So I I've worked with a couple of people and I actually keep this in mind myself because it's happened to me too. And uh you just remind the person that yeah, when the uh, when the man chimes in that with that same idea, you can remind him that Hey, mm-hmm. thanks, Bob, for bringing up my idea again. You know, sure. I'm glad you liked it. Why don't we take some time and talk a little bit more about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds like we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're taking the floor back, essentially, to yourself and, and acknowledging your idea. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, um, I worked with one woman who wasn't really that comfortable in, in jumping in. She She was concerned, which... A lot of women are socialized to be concerned about the other person's feelings, and mm-hmm. she didn't want to seem like she was walking on top of him when he when he brought up an idea. But um, what she was comfortable with was actually uh, like using what I call the buddy system, coaching somebody or having a friend in that meeting with you who uh-huh. can support you. So when you raise an idea, then that person knows ahead time that you're going to raise that idea and it could be uh-huh. either a man or a woman but they know you're going to raise that idea and then they chime in immediately and support it and start the discussion going on that mm-hmm. particular idea um, and also they can help out if it's raised again by somebody else just bring it back to bring that idea back to you yeah well so, you know yeah go ahead well, i was just going to going to add that um, we sometimes forget that Airtime is important, and especially in group meetings, we tend to think of the person who's talking the most as some as equated with the person who has um, the most uh, opportunity or the most um, ideas to contribute to making the workplace better, might be more promotable because we're hearing them and we're getting to know them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So we need mm-hmm. to have women make sure they're getting their share of airtime during those group meetings so people can get to know them and uh, understand their skills and leadership too. Yeah. No, I, I definitely I definitely agree with that. You know, I've had other people that I've spoken with that are again uh, very much with helping women in the workplace and they said really they have to find you have to find your voice 
but again, you know, be be educated. Uh, you know, again, just whatever you're going to say, be prepared to to follow up and be ready for questions and whatever. But but again, right. I think that comfort zone is is the is the problem that a lot of women have in the workplace. Is that first of all, they don't like confrontation. And, and uh, I've, I've taught constructive confrontation to men and women, which is basically learning to deal with confrontation in a positive fashion. But they don't like confrontation, and they don't like feeling uncomfortable. And, and I guess that's, you know, if we could coach more women, especially, uh, you know, again, these mentoring programs are starting to pop up here and there, and, and those are really helping. But but early on, what are some of the things that we can do early on? I know I've, they're they're really uh, uh, again. You know, I I'm a mother. I have three daughters, and I have uh, almost uh, I have two uh, two more granddaughters on the way, on the way and that'll make seven granddaughters. So, you know, I don't think any of my daughters are particularly shy, and I don't think they're particularly uh, uncomfortable with confrontation. But but yeah, you know, I think I've got kind of a, a head start because of my background. But but how are we supposed to really start nurturing women or young girls as soon as possible to really take on those leadership roles and really thinking about you know finding their voice and keeping their voice? Well, I I think um, providing various opportunities for for young women or young girls to have a, a, their own projects or to um, be the lead Girl Scout or something like that to to help the other students or the other um, team members on various projects. That can be helpful. And then also um, giving young women and young girls presentation skills to get them comfortable talking mm-hmm. in front of groups at a young age. Yep, right. It be very, very helpful. And, and that includes the whole... Um, you know, like they still have in some some of the schools the debate teams and that sort uh-huh. of thing. Speaking, yeah, uh, yeah, but debate that, teams. Even, or, even before you get to a, a formal debate team, you still need to to do your preparation, like you were saying. But um, providing young young women with opportunities to speak in front of groups, speak in front of the other students, to take that lead role or to go out into the community to find their favorite hobby and go out into the community and talk about it. That's a wonderful confidence builder. Plus, it gives uh, the young woman an opportunity to do uh, like almost improv- improvisational Q&A with an audience, Yeah, um, which, which builds their confidence, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I mean, again, that exposure. Well, I know Dove, uh, the company Dove, is doing a lot of work with self-esteem, and that's part of it is really bringing, building self-esteem and self-confidence in young girls as soon as possible. And as you said, they're, they're they, finding those opportunity. Team sports, of course, getting in the world of competition is also, you know, they were talking about some of the most successful women like Hillary Clinton and, you know, uh, these women that have really, I know, I'm not going maybe people don't like these people, but I mean, again, they have achieved uh, at the level of their own right. field and expertise uh, quite, a, quite, a, you know, a, the accomplishments are outstanding, but Nancy Pelosi. But oftentimes they went to girls' schools. They went to girls' yeah. schools, they were in sports. Uh, but they were really, they were always in a, in a situation where they were comfortable with themselves. And I think that's part of what we're talking about here is for young girls to really get comfortable with their own skin 
and not always worrying. And I think the relationship issue for women is we're worried about other people. We're concerned yeah. about if they're okay. We feel guilty if they're not feeling okay, or we, you know, we take the blame if something's wrong. But if we're comfortable and we're taught to be comfortable in our skins early on, we can start to realize, hey, that's not me. That's you. And and I think that's the the part that I think sometimes we miss. And you know, and I still see these things on TV. And my and my I saw my own daughter do this. She walked over and. There was a stand, and we'd been somewhere, and we had all the girls with us, and she walked over, and almost unconsciously or subconsciously or whatever at some level, she went over and bought three princess hats, one, two, three, for all the girls. And I thought, oh, my goodness, does she realize, you know, that, you know, the princess is a, you know, it's an interesting term, you know. I mean, a princess is someone who is pretty, they have glass slippers, you know, they have, they have, you know, just beautiful dresses and they're, you know, they're gorgeous and they're wonderful. And, and, and I guess that's part of it. I mean, how do we teach the girls that strong? You know, and in fact, I think Janice Taylor, who did the study, uh, did, she wrote the book, How to Raise Smart, Strong Women, Seven Secrets to Smart, Strong Women. And she says the, wor- the words that we use. You know, and you you were talking about those early. What are some of the words that we should start using for women? I mean, young girls especially early on. Well, I think uh, in terms of conversation, we should be encouraging uh, young girls to be direct with their views and their the concepts that they want to express. Mm-hmm. Ha- have an opinion and be able to express it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and and also, like we tend, women tend to use kind of wishy-washy words instead of just coming out and being direct. Uh-huh. So instead of saying, yeah, I want I want I, you to do I, this, or could you correct. please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is what say, I want well, you to I do. Kind of, yeah, I kind mm-hmm. of thought you might be able to. Or would you mind if, <laughs> if you don't you mind? mind. <laughs> yeah. Would it I be okay? I would with, ask you. Yeah. yeah would it be okay with you if I? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, would, it, would it be okay with you if I ask you a question instead of just going ahead and asking the question? That's, you know? that's great. Well, you know, I, I guess we just, women have to catch themselves doing that, don't they? Just like, yes, oh, my and, gosh. And that's I'm, one of the one of the goals of the code switching book is to start um, sharing the information about the differences in communication styles, but then also encouraging women to basically self-monitor yeah. Their own conversations. Right. And we we are socialized to do so many of these behaviors. It's just catching yourself and being yeah. able to stop the behavior. Or even if you do it, just realize, oh, I just said that. And then either correct it or be be more aware the next time that it happens Yeah. so yeah. that you can take charge of the situation and really give yourself the choice of do I want the conversation to go this way or do I want it to go this other way? Yeah, what what so what do you want the outcome to be of this conversation? And and uh, right. again, some kind of resolution. Now men of course are going to have a resolution. There's going to be a, uh, an action plan. You know, something's going to happen correct. in that conversation. Uh and unfortunately, as you said, sometimes women walk away and go, gosh, I don't think I ever got to my point. I never well, got my I point across. One of, one of the things um, to help in those kind of situations when you want to 
um, get your point across with a particular man that you're talking with, you can pre-cue him to what your needs are for that situation. So his tendency is going to be to jump right in and fix it and solve it. Right. But if you start the conversation by saying, um, you know, I just need you to listen to this situation. I'm, I'm going to be venting. I don't need you to do anything. Um, that's one way. So you can just get him to listen and acknowledge what your concerns are. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way, if you want that action, just tell him, I need you to do blah, blah, blah. And if you're looking just for information, just tell him, you know, I'm telling you this because I know you have a, a, a great background in this topic and uh, I'd like your assistance or maybe you can point me in the direction mm-hmm. because um, men will want to jump right in and, you know, I, I, uh, I, I am acknowledging I'm speaking in generalities, but the tendency is for men to want to just jump right in and take some action and sure. resolve it and move on to the next it sounds a lot like my relationship with my husband. <laughs> yeah. He says, "Okay, I'm ready to fix it." And I go, "Wait, a minute. I don't. I'm not asking you to fix anything. I just want you to let me vent." And that's true. That's exactly what I will say. I say, "You know, this isn't a fixable situation. It doesn't need to be fixed. I just want to talk about it. I just want to get it right. off my chest. You know. And you're right. a good person. You're a good sounding board. So, so right. women, I think, I think what you're saying, Claire, is that if we're if we're just if we step, I mean, if we just in the moment catch ourselves. And, and really glean what we're saying and how we're approaching, uh, especially men in the workplace, we can really do something very effective about it, which is to really get what we want. And I think exactly. that's the you know, women need to be more uh, more concrete about what it is they really want in the workplace. And, 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 I, and I know they focused, want to excel. Right, focused and to the point. So when we're with other women, we tend to... Um, give all the details about a particular story. And sometimes when we're with a man, he's not necessarily interested in all those details, but just wants a quick yes or no. So we right. need to just you know, yeah. understand the situations we're in and then apply those communication skills to fit that situation. Absolutely. And uh, one thing we haven't talked about at all in terms of credibility is you can have all of these communication skills and have them all working for you, but... Um, if your your clothing or your body language is sending a different message other than I'm a very credible business person, mm-hmm. then um, you might want to think about making that a consistent image right. for yourself. We, we make huge judgments before a person ever opens their mouth by the way they look and by the way they're dressed. <clears throat> yeah, dressing for success and dressing to, to make your point is, is is extremely important. Well, you know, this right. book has so much great information, and it really is a great tool <clears throat> for women in the workplace. And, and last, what is the, the best advice you could give to uh, someone about this book by using this book, how it can help them? Uh, I think the book can help women build their credibility in the work environment by understanding the differences between how men and women interact and communicate in the workplace. Because men are, have different expectations and women have different expectations. Uh-huh. A lot of the workplaces are still very male-dominated. So by understanding the different communication, sc- communication skills and styles, you can take advantage of those styles yourself 
to fit a situation and be seen as more credible. Yeah. Understanding the culture of the workplace is extremely important for women and for men, but women especially need to, to definitely be aware of what the, what the parameters are. Well, it's a great book, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful tool. Uh, I know we're we're making progress, and uh, there's a great future ahead. You know, my I say this over and over again. Before I before I cross over, I want to I want to I want to be able to say there no more there are no more firsts for women, and you know we continue to see those, but uh, you know we have to keep working at this and and not put our heads in the sand and think that we've made it because there's still more to work, to do, especially in the workplace. Pay equity, we know it's not fair. We know it's not equal. You know, you work with equal opportunity. There still needs to be equality in the workplace as far as equal pay for equal work. So you're you're out there plugging it. I'm out there plugging it. So how do they how do they find out more about you, how to how to get your book and and so they read it. The book, again, is called Code Switching, How to Talk So Men Will Listen. And you can learn more about it and my co-author, Audrey Nelson, at our book's website, www.codeswitching.biz. And the book is available at your local bookstores, and also you'll find it at Amazon.com. Well, it's a great book, and I recommend it highly. And uh, we've got an article on in our next newsletter all about code switching. And again, we want to promote this book and stay in touch with you, Claire, because it's we're both on the same page as far as what we're doing to try to uh, to help to help women succeed, especially in the workplace. So I want to thank you for your contribution and uh, continued success in all things you do. Thanks, Dr. Nancy. I, I appreciate that. Well, thank you, and you have a great day. Thank you. You too.